You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers. This is an episode of What's Up in Dramaland with Saya, Anissa, and Boromam. Hi, thanks for joining us. I'm Saya. In this episode, we'll be taking a quick look at current industry news as it pertains to K-drama fans, and we'll be updating you with the dramas set to premiere in the month ahead. This podcast is a project by fans for fans. If you want to be a part of making that dream grow, there are a whole lot of ways you can help. You can share our episodes on fan sites and social media, talk about the podcast to your K-drama loving friends, or leave a review on iTunes or whichever app or platform that you use to listen to us. And if you want to help us keep our lights on, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash dramasoverflowers. Finally, you can get in touch with us with your thoughts and ideas. We're always reading the comments on YouTube and Drama Beans, but you can also tweet at us at dramasoverflow or email us at dramasoverflowers at gmail.com. And that's it from me. Enjoy the episode and tell us what you're looking forward to. Bye. Hi everyone, this is Saya. This is Anissa. And this is just me. You are so good at this. I'm so excited. <laughs> so proud. So we've got a guest with us today who has brilliantly like picked up our rhythm without us even prompting her. Long-time listener, long-time friend, um, and a member of the Drama Beans community who um, we talk to all the time. And I had the pleasure of meeting in person last year. And tell us a little bit about yourself, Jess. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I was way too excited for a second. Hi, everyone. My name is Jess Me. Um... I go by Just Me Again on Drama Beans, and I've been an avid drama watcher since maybe early 2016, and I love to discuss issues involving dramas. That's about it. <laughs> Yay. And um, yeah. am I allowed to say that, like, I'm, it's nice to have a fellow Canadian on the podcast? <laughs> I mean, well, it is nice, so I guess so. <laughs> I I was looking for a way to insert like the fact that you're fellow countrywomen, so thank you. <laughs> um, so we can uh, sort of jump right in on the news, I think, which has been fun slash unfun, depending on which side you're on. I guess the we'll start with the most breaking news, which is it's just broke yesterday. Um, Guhesan and Anjahan divorce. Um, part of me wants to go yippee just because yippee more divorce, but obviously it's not yippee. Um, I'm not going to be surprised anymore. So hey, here's another one for the books. Uh, well, you know what? From a from a person who loves to enjoy drama or anything happening around me, it, I understand the yippee kind of point of view. Like, ooh, <laughs> the tea has been spilled, you know? <laughs> like, I saw I was like, ooh, and then, you know, like, all the gifs that come off. And, I mean, it's exciting from that point of view. But when you think about what really happened and, like, you know, the, the tweets that came out and whatnot, or the was it tweets or messages be- between them? Guerson posted uh, screenshots of her uh, like private texts with her yeah. husband, which I have to say I don't feel very positively about. I feel like there are you know there are lines you shouldn't yeah. cross. However messy and ugly your breakups are, there are things that have to remain private between people, and you know your texts between yourselves should be part of that. So that kind of it, I don't like it. I feel like it's a uh, not classy. No, no, but it wasn't classy from his part as well for him, I don't know, disregarding his, the mother. But honestly, I have no say in it when I really don't know what the story is in general. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot behind the whole, like, what brought both of them to those yeah. points. We don't know. 
we don't know that yeah. but to, so it's that feeling of seeing people's dirty laundry that it's just uncomfortable mm. and you're like you know I can I get that this is obviously very difficult for both of you and both of you are hurt by different things that but we don't know about it so to sort of get sliver of a story that is just you know just private things should be private and I feel like that's a breach of trust yeah. too far yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot that's already happened between them, but there's just don't put it on social media. Like, what are you trying to achieve? And it doesn't actually make you look better. It, it actually reflects poorly on you. The thing is about social media, like the thing with celebrities and social media is like, on one hand, you would think that they would know better just because like of the amount of catastrophic social media pass- posts that we've seen and like the kind of effects that have had in the past. But on the other hand, like I feel like when you get to that level of celebrity, your idea of public and private like those lines become kind of blurred because you live so much of your life in the public eye and especially with these two they met on a, on the while they were shooting um blood there were romantic leads of that um so they fell in love while they were shooting and i'm always kind of like well that's another thing that i will get to in a second but they met while they were shooting a drama together then they did the newlywed diary which was like um basically a reality show about their newlywed life so they've lived so much of their relationship already on screen so I wonder if that kind of warps your idea of what you should share in public and what you shouldn't you know like celebrity is it it does a lot of weird things to your brain so I I can't imagine how that would how that would make you feel but the other thing is and I was thinking about this because we just had the news of um the song song couple like a couple months ago that a lot of times I, yeah. I really worry about the couples that meet while they're shooting a drama together and they're like falling in love in the drama. And like there's psychological studies that have showed that you do tend to fall in love when you're when you're acting like you're falling in love, like you have those physiological responses. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, when you meet somebody in that situation and then you immediately marry them, I just don't know if that's good long term because I mean it's not necessarily bad to get married quickly. Lots of people do that and they get married happily and they stay together and it works well for them. But it's just that particular way of meeting someone where you're not necessarily meeting in a very normal circumstance that I I don't know, it's like hard to get to know somebody in a real way because it's also manufactured. Like you have all of your romantic moments manufactured for you. Okay, I haven't seen any K-drama couples now, now that they've all been broken up, you know? But, uh, for example, you know, The Bachelor, the American show, there are couples that have lasted and, you know, their their whole foundation mm. is that they've met on screen. So, yeah, there's a skewered line of, um, you know, what's real or not because they're, every moment together was on screen and that's the foundation of their relationship. But I guess some of it could be real and I, I really wouldn't know, but... There are couples that um mm. I don't follow The Bachelor as much though. So I I didn't know that, but but I get I get what you're saying. Like there's <laughs> possibility for you to get to know somebody even in like really weird circumstances. But ultimately I think it's just a lot of pressure, right? Like a lot of pressure for them. Yeah. I do wonder um like with celebrity with actors in particular about especially younger actors considering that the romance that 
they play out in their roles, and especially when they're young. It could be that that is even their earliest experiences of romance. Like, it's this manufactured show of romance, and I wonder how that affects their real-world view of how a relationship ought to play out, because they're constantly playing out, like, you know, a a drama relationship. Mm. But, like, does that... Like, I don't, I don't, in the sense that I'm not saying this well. No, I know what you mean. Those people, when they go away, what are their concepts of a real relationship like? Because do they then expect their romance to be in sweeping romantic moments? Because, because dramas don't show the sort of the everyday grind of a relationship. Whereas that, you know, that is a huge part of relationships is that there is that kind of element of the work element to it. And this will actually could be the same for consumers of of those same stories, is that if you start seeing the entirety of a relationship as a series of of moments and and tropes, is it because you've misunderstood how a relationship is that when it then turns out not to be that sort of idealized thing that it's difficult to maintain it because it's not what you expected it to be and it's Mm -hmm. not what you want? Well, that's a whole other can of beans there. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just, it's something I've wondered on and off over the years about how that affects sort of your idea of, you know, romance or what a relationship should be. You'd think that, you know, actors, you know, they're professional, right? I I mean, they're, Anissa has been saying, you know, about psychology studies and whatnot, but when you when you see sometimes the the BTS of scenes or whatnot, they're filming and then the moment they say cut, the actors literally like just separate. And I think they don't just fall in love from you know the the manufactured scenes that are on screen, but also behind the camera as well. You know they spend lots of time rehearsing and whatnot together. Mm. So it's like just the fact of proximity, forced proximity, maybe that might have an effect on. And the fact that it is, in a way, a kind of a learned behavior. It's it's like a social behavior that you learn, and then you practice in other contexts where it seems like the appropriate way to do it. So yeah. who knows? Um, but also the other thing that comes to mind is you know uh, like um, I think it's Gong Hyojin who said about whenever she would do a drama with uh, a, a romantic drama, she would fall, like truly have to fall in love a little bit with that person to to be yeah. old. I, I remember. Have you guys ever seen the American show The Office? No, I have not. I watched the British. I watched a few episodes of the British one, and it made me cringe so hard that I couldn't. I couldn't watch the the American show. <laughs> Well, the American one is notoriously better, but anyway, the the actress who plays one of the characters, I, her name is sorry, the, her character's name is Pam, and the actress was saying that her character had fallen in love with another character in the show, and she said that even though it was my character, I was to a certain extent in love with the other mm. actor, even if the other actor was married, mm. and his character was technically married to her character. So, I mean, I I get it, you know? I was going to say there are also actors who say they don't, that it's all acting and, you know, they don't have an emotional connection, they're just performing it, which is, you know, that's the different ways in which uh, actors approach their work. So for some people, they have to. It's probably down to your personality too, right? And, like, I wouldn't want to say that these people are not professionals and that I'm not trying to say that they don't have agency in their own relationships. I think that would... Be really but I mean that's part of how they carry out their job yeah it, right? I'm sure that there's there's something yeah. extra going on there because of the way that they meet so anyway I just don't want to get too too deep into like psychoanalyzing people that we've never met but, <laughs> and obviously we don't know in the in this situation 
what exactly happened between them. And they they did get married very young. Like I remember when they got married, everyone was like, wow, they're super young. This is this is very unusual. But everyone also like cheered them on. You were like, you know, this is actually, yeah. you know, good for you. I wasn't in the in the scene back then. Like I wasn't following K-drama. So I didn't even know they had filmed the show together. But uh, anyway, it's, it's always yeah. sad to hear the, this kind of news. Yeah, it's not yippee. Let me just make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> No, and just uh, because we didn't say this, um, and in case anyone is unfamiliar, Gohison is the uh, lead actress in Boys Over Flowers, where she played the role of uh, Jandi. That's right. And An Jae-hyun's most notable role was probably as Jeon Ji-hyun's little brother in uh, You From Another Star. Yeah. I think he was also in uh, Cinderella and the Four Nights or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, that's completely not on my radar because I watched one episode and I was so bored that I dropped it. I was like, forget this. This is a weird thing to say, but while we're still speaking of divorce... You want to just introduce the next story, Saya? Right, so um, this is kind of in the wake of uh, Song Joong-gi, uh, Song Yekyo's divorce, that apparently uh, dramas are now adding, or they're considering adding divorce clauses to their contracts, so that should a uh, one of the lead actors, I think, divorce during the show, they would then have to compensate the uh, production by like three times their salary, because it could... Um, adversely affect their ratings and i think this is particularly kind of relevant with uh Asadol chronicles which is song Junggi's recently finished drama which didn't do that well which i kind of think isn't really entirely down to the divorce story breaking yeah and also because he's like lost a lot of endorsements and stuff and surprisingly yeah. um he seems to have come off worse in the wake uh, of their uh, their divorce Sanyuk is doing all right, um, but yeah, he's lost uh, quite a lot of his um, endorsements and things. So it's a risk that, uh, well, like, with a big name like that having, um, a, I guess, it is essentially a scandal for them. Could it would have a knock-on effect on the entire show? So to sort of mitigate that, they're putting these clauses into into actors' contracts now. So I guess that's going to be a thing going forward and it makes sense to be honest i mean you can keep something under wraps for a couple of months until your drama finishes i think that's horrible though but i mean it's a job i don't know it's horrible but the thing is like korean entertainment is so much about image so any anything that dents that image even if it's something that is just you know a part of life that sometimes you just have to do even that carries risks for other people. So I think I can see why you would do that. I'm not quite sure what, how good or bad a thing it is, but I can see why. I guess I see that if you're looking at it from a solely business perspective, but in the case of a live shoot where you might only have to sit on the news for a couple of min- months, like that might be doable. But imagine if you're doing a pre-produced drama and you get divorced like in the middle of shooting and then, or like you decide to get divorced or things don't work out. And then you have to wait like a year before you're allowed to say anything publicly. Like, I think that puts way too much pressure on the actors on something that's like their personal life. And I don't really, I mean, I know that image works differently in Korea and I understand that like it's considered to be a scandal and it can cause problems for the show, but I, I don't know. Like, that it seems like too much of a like three times their salary like that's I guess that's just to make them not do it I feel like the fundamental rights of the actors are impeded upon I think that's the word like 
for example, when you're hiring someone, you're not allowed to ask about their personal life. Are you single or are you expecting a, an infant or whatnot? Like, yeah, although those rules don't exist in South Korea, oh, they go. definitely <laughs> ask them in interviews. <laughs> They definitely ask women, like, do you have a boyfriend? Because they want to know if she's at risk for getting married and leaving the job. So, I mean, that's a whole other... A whole other can of beans. A whole other issues. Yeah, a whole other um, can of beans. Aren't they... Isn't that... Um, they're not officially allowed to ask, but they ask anyway? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if it's tech, if it's actually illegal the way it is in North America, or if it's not illegal, or if it is illegal and it's just everyone ignores it. I don't know what the, I just know that that's a thing that, that goes on in interviews. And I know that a lot of people are trying to make those types of things better. There have been some laws passed in recent years and there's like activists and feminists who are trying to like, so obviously like we can't make these generalizations as though everything is set in stone, which is also why I'm sometimes wary of people saying, yeah, but like in Korea, things are different. This is just the social norm over there because I don't, I don't. I think that's like essentializing the culture in some ways. Yeah, I agree. So um, I don't know if anyone else has noticed, and I noticed this actually without understanding why. But um, has anyone noticed the paucity of um, Monday Tuesday dramas? That's because uh, SBS and NBC have pretty much sort of scrapped their Monday Tuesday drama slot, and we've got uh, KBS now also planning to scrap that after. One, one and a half more dramas. So after Tale of Noctu, which we'll talk about later, it's also going to sort of vacate that slot for dramas, which is an interesting change because this the Monday Tuesday slot didn't even exist about what five or six years ago, and also in that time we've had um, the introduction of the Friday Saturday slot, which also didn't exist until very recently. Um, the majority of primetime big three dramas seem to be gearing for the Wednesday Thursday slots, um, and you've got more Saturday Sunday primetime dramas right now as well. So it's a it's an interesting change. It's a bit sort of mentally weird for me. What do you guys think? Well. I, I honestly like Monday, Tuesday, the time slot, because, you know, Monday is like you're going back to work. It's mundane. So you, you come back home and you kind of want to watch something. So you have a, a drama there for you. So, I mean, I, I think it would be sad, but are they going to replace it with variety or, or what? It looks like uh, one of them is going to be um, a variety slot. And also, they're not scrapping it completely. I think it's like um, until February or something, and then they might sort of reassess that decision. I guess we'll see. Mm. I kind of liked, you know, have you ever had those uh, cycles where you have a drama on every day of the week? We won't have yeah. those anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, I have them during my off times, you know, every day of the week. But then sometimes, you know, like, for example, this August or this July or this coming September, it'll be way too much to handle. So it's it's kind of like a good thing and a bad thing. And I, I think we can get used to both. It's just um, I like the Monday, you know, the Monday is like, like yeah, there are some weeks when that Monday drama that you're really loving right now is the only reason to even look forward to Monday. So but there are also way too many shows airing right now. And it's hard to keep up with. It's also that they're all airing at, like, the same time, which is, what is it? Wednesday, Thursday has, like, four shows that I'm interested in. And I can't follow them all in yeah. real time, so I have to space them out anyway. But then you kind of lose the fun of watching things live. So, yeah, and, like, I'm thinking about it, and many of my favorite shows have been Monday, Tuesday dramas. Like, Healer was a Monday, That's Tuesday, true. and that was, like, that really made my Mondays. <laughs> 
I, I actually like the, the Friday, Saturday time slot the best. Hmm. And they're more rare, I, fi- I find. Yeah, I think a lot of the TVN, the really big hit TVN wow. dramas have been Friday, Saturday. Like the Answer Me series. Yeah, some of those really big Go back rating couple. hits. I think Sky Castle was also Friday, Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Signal was also, yeah. I think TV networks occasionally just shift things around just to see if things work better another way and sometimes they just like go back to what they were doing before because it doesn't work out so who knows if this will even stick to be seen <laughs> yes to be seen i think that covers all of our sort of biggish news oh did you guys know and maybe you don't care but did you know that there was a romantic to teacher kim season two i never watched the first one so to be excited for the second yeah i also didn't watch the first <laughs> one so i'm not i'm not like... okay at least you don't watch medical dramas but just you have to like go and check this out you may even find a professional interest in this <laughs> so it's it's like it's it was one of my favorite shows and it's why is there no um there's no press about this it has not been like i've been searching for news up and down and there just hasn't been much reported about it yeah so i wonder if that's because it was a really big hit in korea but it wasn't as big of a hit in the international drama fandom if i can remember was it not i feel like it was because it was for me (laughs) no i mean i feel like there were there was a very vocal and passionate fandom but it wasn't like goblin levels you know Oh no no no! Definitely not. I mean, it's it's a genre drama, so it's yeah. t- you know. But I feel like it had really good ratings in Korea, so maybe you need to be checking the Korean language news. Maybe when I become <laughs> more fluent, get out your Korean English dictionary, Saya. You can do it. Or you could just use your Chrome extension, which just translates everything. Honestly, the the Google Translate or the Chrome Translate works pretty well. Does it work? <sighs> Yeah, like I mean, it, it's you have to sometimes like figure out a few words here and there, but it gives you the gist of what the article is saying. Yeah, well, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used it myself, but I've heard this from other people, so that's it is quite handy to know. I've never fallen for the you know the medical genre. To be honest, I, I find it, it I find it very um, I don't know. I yeah I hate medical dramas with burning passion. So <laughs> I'm never gonna watch. It. I have to say, this this is an untraditional medical drama. This is so much more about the characters and the people, and it's like there's a reason why it was so popular. It was just it was very character driven. I actually did watch either the first episode or the first two episodes, but like something about it really put me off. Yeah, the first two episodes weren't great. Um, I remember that because I didn't really like it from the first two either. This uh, had a So Hyun Jin, um, and I just really didn't like her character in, in that yeah, show. Yeah, I don't like her either. Um, so I never continued. But then you had... Yeah, it, it did. It, like The first two episodes were not its best, but after that, it got really good. Um, and I had what's his name? Chilbongi. I don't remember his real uh, yeah, name. Yeah, Yu Yun Suk and um, Yang Sejong. That was that was Yang Sejong's first TV appearance. Um, it wasn't his first acting role because that was Saimdang, except that was pre-produced. So Saimdang aired after that, but um, this aired first. It was his second sort of uh, acting job. Mm-hmm. So you get to see a very um, stiff Yang Sejong in this, which is really fun as well. Because he's like he's so unlikable in this, but he's so endearing in everything he does afterwards. So it's it's a little fun time capsule kind of thing as well. Um, but uh, in the season two, um, apparently uh, you've got uh, An Hyo involved, so he may be one of the lead roles. Jin Kyung and Kim Hisu maybe. So apparently Kim Hisu is in talks to join this. 
so that could be interesting. Oh. I mean, I love Kimmy. Suddenly, so. mean, you want to watch it, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm guilty of um, as you you name the names. I'm googling their their images because I'm really and sub is the thirty but seventeen chat. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, Abyss Boy yeah. Jingyoung is uh, oh she is um, you know Pinocchio. She was the mum. She does lots of those kinds of sort of oh, tough, yeah. prickly women yeah. roles. She's, she's good. She's very <laughs> she's good. Pretty. I just Google her. <laughs> like she, she can also be very hateful. She like depending on the character, she can be really hateful or she can be really endearing. Yeah. It just no, she's very like talented. she's really a chameleon. She's great with all of her roles. Um, and the last thing, which very quickly, because I just saw this before we started recording, which is that um, SDCC um, San Diego Comic Con, which happened a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, aired uh, the trailer for the US adaptation of Snowpiercer, which I just the watched. The trailer like, or the uh, movie? This morning. And it looks kind of interesting. The trailer. The trailer of the US ad- of the American adaptation, which um, uh, we talked about a few, uh, many months ago, yeah. um, about it being adapted. Um, from the uh, original Korean movie by uh, Bong Joon-ho. So that's something that's coming up and looks kind of interesting, but also I'm not quite sure because it also had lots of people having, you know, sexy times, which are not that fun for me. So (laughs) I may not watch it, but it looks kind of very sci-fi, very uh, high budget. And that's a thing. I may check it out. I mean, Orphan Black has... uh a lot, I haven't watched Orphan Black, but the director of Orphan Black is doing this. And um, that's got a really amazing um, reputation. Like, people say that it's really good. Mm-hmm. And it's also got a pretty amazing cast. So, I mean... And it's already had a season two ordered, so... Before we move on to upcoming, though, I just wanted to say that I was not informed that you guys were going to talk about Mulan without me last month. So I'm very upset about that. Um, <laughs> and I have, I just have a couple things to say. So... My sister actually like FaceTimed me from Australia. She was like, "You should have been on this episode." I was like, "Oh." <laughs> but um, but yeah, but no, it was really it was a really good discussion. I enjoyed listening to it. I just wanted to say that I think one aspect of the issue about the how this this version of Mulan, which is like the sorry, I just I'm assuming that everyone listened to it, but I shouldn't do that. So they discussed um the new twenty 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 version of Mulan that's coming out. The live action adaptation. And it's much more focusing on like a Chinese aesthetic, I guess, rather than like a Chinese American aesthetic. What does that even mean? I don't know. But the lead actress is actually from China and it looks really cool. But I think the issue that I had with it was not only that they're doing something that's more centered towards Chinese, like like Chinese nationals, um, but I think it's the absence of Chinese Americans in the production team, because I don't think having a white writers and directors and then Chinese actors and um, Chinese production partners, I don't think is a neutral decision. And they could have easily hired an Asian American director for this movie and they did not. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to try to be more authentic, but when you're making an American movie but you ignore the Chinese American experience. Um, and I know that like the original Disney Mulan was not really received as well in China as it was by Asian Americans, but like China's made plenty of Mulan versions on their own. Like there's multiple Chinese adaptations of that legend and like they're awesome. It would have been nice to have 
Like, I like that they're doing something a little different with this and it looks amazing. Um, but it does make me sad that they're not including any Asian American voices, either in the cast or in the, the writing and the directing. Do you think that the production team is trying to please the wrong people? Oh, definitely. Like, the Hollywood is very much focused on getting that Chinese box office money. And that's why you have like random cameos in big budget movies now. Like almost every big budget movie, there'll be some yeah. kind of, they will try to cast like a Chinese movie star because they want, I don't know, like in these big ones, like Fast and the Furious and like the Transformers movies. And um, what was that movie with the rock that like crashed and burned? Skyscraper, those kind of movies, like they are definitely, um, and I, I, I think it's good to be more diverse, definitely. But there's a difference between um, actually trying to cast more diverse people from your own nation that never get roles and like cherry picking token diversity. Yeah. And cherry picking like really famous movie stars from the market where you are hoping to make tons of money and also where your Chinese investors are located because you want them to give you more money, you know? I think there's also like a when you try so hard to be inclusive, it becomes ex. Inclusive? Is that a good way of saying it? Like, um, you're trying really, 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 really hard to get all that, you know, Chinese cast that, you know, they forgot um, other aspects of it. But are they genuinely trying to be inclusive, I think is the point that perhaps Anissa is making, is that their inclusivity is contingent on whether it pleases the Chinese box office, not whether it actually genuinely includes people who have a connection to the story most americans don't understand that there's a difference between asians and asian americans like culturally there's a huge difference but they tend to just lump them together you know especially like hollywood constantly and so like that was one thing that i really loved about crazy rich asians that they did make like they and that was because it was an asian american director that you know and writer and it was purely and there were, you know, Chinese actors and, single, you know, so like it was, it's not like it only um, represented one perspective, but there was a deep understanding in that movie of the difference between a Chinese American person and someone who grew up in Asia. And I mean, that one's not set in China, it's set in Singapore, but like, you understand what I'm saying, right? Mm. Yeah, but, I mean, because that's the difference that we take for granted, like the three of us, I'm sure, because like... That we even have words for those yeah. we're like i mean yeah. they're not necessarily complimentary words but like when we say things like oh a freshie we mean something specific we mean that person <laughs> didn't grow up here so it's it's is that, the, is that it's, the uk equivalent of a fob is that what you guys say yeah i mean it, it, fresh, fresh off the boat is we say freshie here like they're fresh oh that's what it means oh okay <laughs> so like you know that person's okay. fresh um which is not necessarily like it's not an insult necessarily it's it's a descriptor it's a way that we differentiate between what we are and what they are. Yeah, I mean, someone who has a diasporic Mm. experience, it's necessarily a very different experience than growing up Mm. in one place your whole life as part of the majority. Mm. That's just... Reality. Yeah, and also people who migrate here as adults who did not grow up here, totally different experience, and and to we recognize that like without ever having to talk about it, whereas people on the outside might not. It just it didn't occur to me that that was something that might need to be explained to people on the outside, but obviously it does, or it doesn't because who cares? But that that is a difference that's that's very interesting. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to to give my little two cents. Three dollars, whatever it might be, um, <laughs> and some change. Yeah, but I mean, I'm still very excited for this movie. I'm going to watch it, obviously, 
Disney owns all of our souls, but you know, yeah. I just wanted to. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just slightly sad that they won't be including all the songs that I really loved, you know, in the original part animated version. I was originally kind of disappointed about that, but after watching the soulless remakes of Aladdin and the Lion King, I'm kind of glad that they're doing something completely and totally different oh. with this and not trying to do like a pale imitation of a movie that we'll always love more, you know? Like we still will always have the 1998 Mulan, so. It does seem like they're always doing sort of a beat-by-beat reproduction of the original rather than... The Lion King was so disappointing, oh my god. I'm glad I didn't watch it. It's like the (laughs) same movie, but not as good. Ruins the magic. (laughs) Yeah. So at least, you know, we'll always have the original animated Mulan to enjoy. That's not going to take away from it, so... All right. I'm sorry. I was like, we don't have much time. And then I started this long thing. Well, you've been holding it in for a month. So, you know, I I think you deserved your seven minutes. I have. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess we can start the the new premieres. Yes. Let's start talking about the upcoming dramas of September. So there are a lot of really, I don't know what it is about September um, specifically, but there's a lot of conflicting information about air dates. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dramas that don't have a specific air date. I don't know why that is, but I like mm-hmm. I scoured multiple sources and I went to like the Korean source. So I mean, I did my best, but um, just an FYI to our listeners, like some of these might change. They might be inaccurate, so apologies. But as best as I can figure out, these are the September dramas, excluding dailies and weekends. Also, before we go into September's, um, there's a drama that's been pulled forward from September to uh, August, which we actually haven't talked about because it was meant to be this month, which mm-hmm. is a Song Sing-on's show, the uh, the great show, uh, Song Sing-on, Yi Sung-bin, the one where he's a politician, who, uh, disgraced politician, I think, who that's gets right. landed with a kid, um, which I'm actually really looking forward to. So yeah, that's one that's coming up out. at the very end of August. They switched it out with um, Moon Gun Young's, what was supposed to be her like drama comeback, comeback after, her, oh. after her compartment syndrome. Um, she's, she was away from dramas for a while. She's done a movie, but she hasn't done a drama in like four years. So they, I think they wanted more time to shoot that one. That was like the, what's it called? Catch the Ghost, I think. You, you, that's right, yeah, which we talked about last month, Yeah, I think. so instead of that, they're putting this one in. It actually looks cute. He, like, adopts a family and tries to reform himself into, like, a decent politician. I, I kind of... And Sung San is really, like, his comedy chops are so funny. It's giving me My Fellow Citizen vibes. Yeah, except with babies. Yeah. Children, yeah, no, definitely. It looks- kind of like the comedy version of Prime Minister and I oh, yeah. or something. Mm. I mean, which was not a good show. I but- know I won't be having time to watch it, but I'll be looking from afar to see how it goes. I'll <laughs> fill you in because I definitely will be. Okay, yeah, send us <laughs> screen caps of the dimples <laughs> and the eyelashes. Oh yes. So the first drama on the list is on September 16th on JTBC. It's called Flower Crew, Joseon Marriage Agency. So it stars Kim Min-jae, Gong Seung-yeon, and So Ji-hoon. And I just want to say, like, this sounds adorable. It really does. <laughs> and the cast is so good. It is. So the plot is basically that um, there's a, a blacksmith who suddenly becomes a king. Cute. And but he has a first love named Ketong, which like if you don't know, Ketong means dog, dog poop. poop. Yeah, <laughs> but her, but she is obviously her name is Ketong, so she's like a very low class person. Um, so she can't marry her anymore because now he's the king. So he 
hires this um, matchmaking agency, Joseon Flower Crew, to turn her into a noble lady so he can marry her. Oh my god, that's so <laughs> Well, if he can become a king, she can become a noble. <laughs> yeah, it's based on like a novel. A, my Fair Lady. This is like My Fair Lady. It kind of is, except like, I don't know if he knew that he was royal. I'm guessing that he's like one of those like forgotten children that was like foisted off into the countryside and now he's like suddenly so maybe he also doesn't so maybe they both have to my fair lady and gentleman themselves so that they can fit into the oh this palace. is gonna, it's gonna i hope it's lighthearted. you know like um how it is with the rookie historian show that's going on right now i hope it's as lighthearted as that which i love yeah. so much and you're right this will only work if it's very lighthearted and comedic and adorable yeah maybe like splish splash love vibe yeah. Or like A Hundred Days My Prince, which I didn't watch, but it kind of makes me think of. No, no, that one was not lighthearted. Okay. No. No. <laughs> well, it's, it's based on a novel, so at least like we know a decent that source material. You know, a, yeah, yeah, something to go from, so hopefully it won't crash and burn. Also, I'm really excited to see Soji and do this role because uh, you guys, I don't know if you, have you watched Solomon's Perjury? I have not. Okay, but remember no. in school 2017, he was the guitar guy. So he didn't have much to do in there, but he's really good. Like yeah. in Solomon's Perjury, he's really good. So yeah, I'm excited about this whole cast. I think they're really... It's like this young, fresh cast and Kim Min-jae, who's... Now, now, now she has like four four potential, um, you know, uh, partners, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, I don't know. Why is it always four? It's like it's like another Joseon F4 again. <laughs> Next one is When the Camellia Blooms. It's premiering September 18th on KBS, Wednesday, Thursday drama. We don't know what the episode length will be yet, like the series length, but it stars Gong Hyo Jin, Kang Hanul, Kim Ji Suk, and Son Dambi. This is Kang Hanul's return from Ami the. Come back. Yes, exactly. But we have to watch it, obviously. I really like him. I do too. I, I really dig this pairing. No, no, I don't. You don't? Oh, why not? Sacrilege. I have something against um Gong Hyo Jin. How come? She hasn't done anything. How wrong. can you it's not love her? Bad. She's like the most lovable. Exactly. Because everyone loves her, I feel like I have a duty to not like her because I'm not. I actually feel like she's not lovable. I feel like she specializes in picking roles that are not particularly lovable. And then sort of... But she's so lovable that she makes those unlikable characters lovable. That's the magic of Gong Hyo Jin. Stop loving her! (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. You know what, though? Like, I have an irrational dislike of So Kang Jun, so like, I... It's totally fine. Sometimes an actor just doesn't jive with you. I mean, she's really good. I just don't like her. There's like, there's like, a, she's pretty. I, I just don't like her. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So the um the summary of the the storyline before we start talking too much about the actors, I just wanted to to say this the summary. Um, it's a romantic thriller comedy about the realistic, passionate love between three couples. The drama will follow the story of a woman named Dong Baek and show how her life is tangled up with a good man, a bad man, and a cheap man. Oh, dang it. That sounds cool. <laughs> it does, right? I'm digging the cheap man. Right? <laughs> Which one's the cheap man? Tell me that's kind of it. I want, I want Kim Ji-suk to be the cheap man because he's hilarious. Yeah. That's true. But that means that he he's not end- I mean, I want the cheap man to be endgame. Yeah. That's true. I guess I guess that would. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no Kang Han-ho will be the good guy. 
The bad man will be some. That's too boring. I mean, he he he's gonna be the good guy because why? Honestly, because he's younger than her, isn't she? Isn't yeah? He? It's a Nuna romance. So why would why, yeah? Why would she try to go for a bad guy that's also younger than her? Like, there's so many. But isn't it happen. more subversive to go for the cheap guy? I mean, yeah, I want her to be with the cheap guy <laughs> as well, you know. But. <laughs> Maybe she should just take turns and be like, you know, jealousy incarnate all well, over this again. Is a screenwriter for Fight My Way, so I have high hopes for the writing. So it could yeah. go really well. And the yeah. director worked on Are You a Human Two and Uncontrollably Fond, which I think had good directing, right? I didn't watch those, but mm-hmm. um, Are You Human Two was like a cheap summer, not cheap, just like a summer blockbuster. That's what it, I would say about it. But the directing was pretty good. Uncontrollably fond. I've never watched. I haven't it. watched it either. But the screen caps I saw looked very pretty. Yeah. So I'm so I'm guessing the directing was was decent. Although mm. that did go very much and very quickly, didn't? I mean, it started off pretty much. Yeah. So I I still can't forgive that drama for giving Kimu bin cancer and then he had cancer in real life. So I I, don't, I just Aww. that makes me sad. That just makes me like really sad. But the drama didn't. No, I know, but. <laughs> I have weird feelings but when it comes to Kimubin, okay? Like I just want to protect him from the world and from life. <laughs> well he's got Shinmina for that. Yeah, so <laughs> anyway. Uh, but no, he's doing better now, so all is forgiven. He's healing, which is really nice. The next one is got a really strange title. The literal title is Running Investigators. The official English title is The Running Mates, Colon Human Rights. I don't understand, but okay. September 18th, OCN, Wednesday, Thursday. It stars Eowon and Cheguiha. And it's basically about a human rights commission investigators who they don't have the right to investigate or prosecute, but they're kind of overseeing things. And the thing that was kind of interesting to me about this storyline at this particular point in time is the organization that's really looking into all of this Burning Sun stuff is like the... I don't know if it's like the Civil Rights Commission or something similar. So I'm wondering if they're drawing some kind of parallel to that. And go, and if they're going to be talking about like corrupt police and prosecutors and government agencies and stuff. Aren't we maxed out with corrupt prosecutors and law enforcement? I mean, if that's what the people want, Maybe we're not. that's what the drama is going to give them, right? That's true. I mean, I'm, I'm like lapping up Butcher, which is like exactly that so maybe i just feel like i've had the perfect drama for that and nothing else will top it i mean i'm watching class of wise right now which kind of falls into the same category and honestly i'm really enjoying it but this this drama is not Mm -hmm. very it's not calling it's also like the cast is not particularly exciting either so and it's an ocn drama which those are kind of Mm -hmm. hit and miss right yeah yeah, I was just about to say, it being an OCN drama, it, yeah. it could be really, really good, or it could be bad guys too. So Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at the director, and the director of this was uh, the same as um, Blade Man, Iron Man, you know, oh, the yeah. Yoma drama where he had blades. And yeah, that wasn't a good drama. I don't think I'll be watching this yeah, one. I don't think so. In a month that has more than 10 premiering dramas, I'm going to have to be very selective, and there are some more that we still have to talk about that I'm very excited for. So, <laughs> But before yeah. we get there, Secret Boutique, September 18th, SBS. Um, it's going to be 32 half-hour episodes, um, Wednesday, Thursday. And it stars Kim Suna and Kim Jae-young. And it's about Kim Suna who plays someone who's poor and who works at a bathhouse in Gangnam. 
but she starts a new job for a housemaid for a Chebal family and she becomes successful and runs a boutique. Um, and she begins work as a lobbyist. So it's, I think also kind of related to like corruption and power and all of that kind of stuff. But um, Kim Sana as a successful scrappy businessman, businesswoman, excuse me, that started from like a lower class. That sounds pretty cool. Again, it's not calling my mm. name. Uh, no, no hate, but like, um... yeah, not a huge fan of Kim Sana. But um, this is a reunion of Kim Sana and the director of um, the director who previously worked with her in. Uh, hold on one second. Is it the Woman of Dignity director? No, no, no. It is a scent of a woman. Scent, scent of a woman. Of a woman. Mm. Yeah. I do like Kim Sana a lot, but I'm not interested in this premise, to be honest. Yeah, this doesn't sound interesting. Not to put anyone else off no, it. No, no, like, because, it sounds you know. cool, but just not my thing, so. Yeah. Or not my thing at the moment. At the moment, because you might like in a year from now be willing to watch something that's in that wheelhouse, right? And like, okay, yeah. Right. What I am very excited about, though, is Vagabond. Oh, yeah. September twentieth, SBS, forty-eight half-hour episodes, Friday, Saturday. It stars Lee Seung-gi, Susie, Shin Sung-ruk, Moon Jung-hee. Come to me now, my baby. <laughs> <laughs> so the premise is Padogun, who is uh, Lee Seung Gi's character, is a stuntman who dreams of becoming a world famous action actor. He survives a plane crash, which changes his life, and faces a hidden conspiracy behind the plane crash, digging up a national corruption case. So this is like the hero of um, my girlfriend is a nine tailed fox, except like it's an action drama instead of a rom com. Like is that is that what's going on here? <laughs> I mean, this rings summer blockbuster. I'm surprised it's airing in September, especially since it was pre-produced. Yeah, it right? was pre-produced. Oh, and, and Susie plays an NIS agent who is potentially, like, shady or, like, under undercover doing something. But it's fully pre-produced, and it cost 20 billion won, which is $18.6 million. So... It's very expensive. It's also the fourth collaboration between uh, director Yoon Chik and scriptwriters Jang Young Chul and Jung Kyung Soon, who did Giant, History of a Salaryman, and Incarnation of Money, which were all really good dramas. Heavy hitters here, which which makes sense why they got that much money to make this. So, did you guys? Did either of you watch Goo Family Book? Back I did in not. No. Whenever. I did not either. Because people were unhappy with that drama. I didn't, but I do remember the reaction, which was. They hated the ending. Yeah, but that's down to the writing, right? I don't know. I yeah. don't think that anyone had the, a problem with Isengi and Susie together, as far as I could. So, I hope as a reunion, this will pay I off. I do find that both actors, uh, both actors are pretty hit or miss with their yeah. choices in dramas. But I am excited for Shin Sung Rook, which he's really, you know, he plays he extra does. characters. Extra really is the well. perfect description. <laughs> <laughs> extra but yeah. it's not overacting you, you know it's extra but it's not overacting like your soul your soul is poured into the character and you're like yes go and Isengi is always good Susie I'm like not a huge fan of but she's okay like oh I quite like her I've only seen her in While You Were Sleeping and I really yeah, like her my, in that, my, so. um, she's really pretty you know <laughs> she really is I mean that's half of it you're like if I enjoy looking at you I can I can 
pretty much enjoy everything yeah, else. Yeah, I mean, her acting leaves a lot to be desired, but... Um... Not as much as Harry, that is all I have to say. <laughs> of who? Harry, uh, Harry um, the entertainment uh, entertainer person. Oh, she has a she has a September drama too coming up, so we'll talk about her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is <laughs> which made me scream. No, hot puffs. <laughs> well, I guess we know what you're not watching. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, are you Jess? Are you excited for this one? Are you going to watch it? Um, with all the dramas airing, especially since I'm more excited for the one with the four guys, the flower, the chosen uh, marriage agency, I'm more excited for that one. And I have to be very selective. So Vagabond might be I'm excited for the the four guys. I like how she totally reveals that. (laughs) Hey, now. There's no shaming on this podcast. (laughs) I'm not shaming, I'm praising. (laughs) I'm, like, admiring this, like, you know what you want. And you go for it. That's like, what's better than that? <laughs> I mean, four against Lusangi, I'm going to go for four. <laughs> true, true. Your maths is good. Yeah. <laughs> so the next one is called um, Pegasus Market or Cheap Chalima Mart. And it's premiering on September 20th on TVN. It's 12 episodes and it only airs on Friday. It's kind of an unusual sounding premise. It's basically about this like little mart that's struggling but it's owned by a conglomerate and they send in this little um like this new ceo who wants to like take revenge on on the conglomerate so he like wants it to fail but then once he gets there he starts to care about it and they and they i guess it's gonna be one of those heartwarming like revive the small business types yeah oh shoot i like that and it's only a 12 episode so it's like you know the perfect length yeah 12 episodes tend to be, I find that shows that are shorter, but like not too short. The 12 I'm, episodes I'm like a broken record good. on saying that 12 episodes yeah. is the perfect length for, yeah. for any story, really. Especially rom-coms, yes. Especially rom-coms. But um, yeah. Case in point, yeah. Top Star Ubeck. Was that only 12 episodes? It was only 12, but I, I didn't finish it. But that's just because uh, maybe there was too no, many things. No, it was at so good. You should go back and watch it. It was like the sub. <laughs> the subbing was a little bit sporadic and like. Yes. But um, it may be like fully and properly subtitled by now. It's been a few months. That one was so good. All right. Sorry for the okay. top star you guys. Um, <laughs> I, I I I have to always. We are that, so. fan girl. <laughs> That was just such a perfect little rom com. Like it just was so. It was like a little. I felt like a throwback to the 2000s. Yeah. And in the good the way, good not in the bad way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, for the next one. The next one is A Day Found by Chance or Haru Found by Chance. It's premiering on September 25th on NBC. Um, again, 32 half hour episodes, and it's Wednesday, Thursday. And it stars Kim Hae Yoon, Rowoon, and EJ Wook. And the only one I recognize out of those three is EJ Wook because he was the movie. The drama actor boyfriend in of Idahi in Search WWW. So I kind of want to watch this just for him because he's very he's very good. I'm super excited for this one. So you've got um uh, Umdano who is played by Kim Hyun, um, and she's a student at a prestigious academy, and she has a heart condition. And by chance, one day she discovers that she and everyone else in her world are actually characters in a manhwa called Secret. <laughs> 
Um, and the worst thing is that she's a minor character in the story and she's expected to die soon. And she's like not having that. Um, and she decides to forge her own destiny and uh, changes the story's plot to find her own true love. And I'm actually really excited about this one. My sister's been reading this webtoon for like months Yay! and she's been making me translate chapters of it like because she's been keeping up with it like live. Oh, wow. So it's like... She she drags me in there and she's like, translate this chapter for me. And it's like, it's quite fun for me to sit there, like just translating the chapter because I don't really read webtoons. Um, and she told me the other day, oh, you know, Alpha, did you know that um, that that one, that webtoon that I made you translate, that they're actually making a drama out of it? And I was like, ooh, sounds good. Because it sounds kind of like a dialed down version of, um, you know, W2 mm, Worlds, the Asian Suck drama. Um, but except yeah. where he was the main character, this is about the minor characters. It's really exciting. I'm very yeah, excited for sounds, this one. I kind of love the premise. I like anything that has a girl taking her own destiny. And then you have Kim, Kim Hyun. She was in Sky Castle where she made a pretty iconic character, like a, a pretty spoiled character, iconic and lovable, right? Oh, that's right. That's Kim Hyun. Yeah. yeah, she was so good. So I'm I'm excited for her. And, you know, there's the two male leads that are that, – that are, you know, it, I mean, I've seen him. Rowan was in what's his, what's that show? The one with the planes, uh, the the plane show. Uh, Fox Star, uh, Fox Bride Star. Right. Oh, um, that one. Yeah, that one. Oh dear, he was good in it though. He was cute in it. I didn't I have mean, an issue with him. I mean, he's good looking. So that's all you can say about him for now. The plot seems really interesting, and that's another one I'm excited for. Yeah, I think this is definitely one I'm going to pick up as soon as it comes out. So the next one, which also looks great, which like, I don't know, I'm going back to school this week, so I don't know what I'm going to do about all these amazing shows that are airing in September, but it's called Melting Me Softly. No sleep. Yeah, no sleep. Well, already no sleep because of school, so I don't know. I, I need to I need to start writing my thesis, so I, I think I'm going to have to just like ban myself from K-dramas. So anyway, this one is called Melting Me Softly. It's I think it's airing on September 28th, but this is one of those that's like unsure whether it's actually airing in September or not. But it stars, um, it's G, it's uh, TVN, 16 episodes, Saturday, Sunday, and it stars Ji Chang-wook, Jina, and Yoon se which like all of those three an amazing are my favorites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about a man and a woman who participated in this project that was supposed to freeze them, cryogenically freeze them for 24 four hours but ended up they ended up being frozen for 20 years and now they have to like keep their body temperature at 31.5 degrees celsius otherwise they'll die um but they're also falling in love with each other so that's going to be a problem um and then um yun Zaya plays oh. ji shang first love so now she's like way older than he is so he kind of has to like readjust to life now that all his peers are 20 years older and so that it looks Weird but interesting. What do you guys think? Um, it, it reminds me of um, you know that that movie with um, Darren, Jennifer Lawrence was frozen or I don't know in space with this other oh, dude. Oh yeah, 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 I know which one you're talking the, about. But I can't remember the name of the film. I heard that was really bad and creepy. The one with was it? Um, oh, what's they like name? wake up early from they're supposed to be like frozen and sent to this other country yeah. or like a planet to start a new life but both of them yeah. like wake up too early 
Um, and then they fall I in feel love. Like the, the writer takes source material from that premise and then she makes it a bit funnier with um, you know the body temperature but I'm also feeling like there's it's not gonna be funny it's gonna be more like mellow dr- dr- drama you know mm. like sad like oh we can't be together no 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 anyway it's it's interesting but it's like if it gets if it annoys me too much I'm dropping it passengers you know? I think is the film that you're thinking of. passengers yeah. yes with I heard that, that was a train wreck dude is it one of the Hemsworths no, Chris Pratt. Chris no. Pratt. Sorry, they're all oh, like blonde type of tall white men. I can't tell the difference. <laughs> all the Chris. Yeah, all the Chris. Uh, yeah, Chris Pratt is my least favorite of the Chris's. So, yeah, <laughs> in Me real too. life That's and also in his movie roles. I mean, I like him, but okay, it's it's just that I have no opinion. <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, this. I feel like this is very much down to execution. Like it could be awesome with lots of interesting like humor and pathos and angst and conflict and all that stuff and like cast mm-hmm. can definitely pull that off right. but if the writing is bad yeah. then this drama is going to swing on its writing so basically it's all about we all know they definitely. can act yeah. You know? but, yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah next is the tale of Nukdu, which i think we heard about this initially a few months ago as um mm. Bean chronicles and this is also based on a webtoon. It's premiering on September 30th on KBS with 32 episodes. This one is a Monday Tuesday, so there this are is the some last Monday one Tuesday in that slot. still around. And after this one, it's gonna uh, okay. go right. So it stars Jang Dongyun and Kim Soyeon, and it's about the the character. The lead character is actually named Nukdu. So he's the son of a noble family, um, but he is not happy with his arranged marriage. So he runs away and goes to a widow village and pretends <laughs> I to be love a that woman. This is like a gender bender for boys. It's so good. It's like it is right. Instead of running away to be a historian, he like runs away. <laughs> so um, so he meets Kim Soyeon, who is an apprentice Gisang, um, and she figures out that he's a woman. And she also doesn't want to become a kissing. So um, basically, they're hijinks together and them kind of getting involved with each other. Oh, no, wait. She becomes his adopted daughter. What's okay. random? That was an unexpected <laughs> twist. <laughs> <laughs> this is also based on a webtoon, by the way. The webtoon is called Nokdujun, which basically means the See, tale of Nokdu. I have conflicting Nuk-Doo. feelings about um, this because I'm excited because of Jang Doo-yeon. You know, you know, he dresses as a woman and that will be fun, but I don't like Kim Soo-hyun. No, I think... Oh, you don't? I'm hoping... Over- yeah, she's had a bad she, few no, roles. I think she overacts. Like with her eyebrows that keep moving. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I haven't actually watched her recent few roles. I think, Asaya, you're the one who's watched her most recently, right? In her last few things. Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, the last thing I saw her in was Radio Romance, which really has just gone off her since then. And I didn't really like her in Ruler, um, Master of the Mask either. Yeah, I mean, there's something lacking in her acting like there's things she can't do she has quite a limited range and she hasn't gone past that yet but Jang Dong Yun is really exciting and I'm like I'm so yes. excited to see him do this role because if anyone can do pulling off a girl he's he so good and he kind of semi did this yeah he semi did it in the uh the one that he just did with um oh sorry what's it called just dance or right right yeah just dance um, where he he was like the the one boy who was uh, who joined a group of, a, a girls group of dancers and he actually kind of dressed up um, 
like he passed him he had to pass himself off as a girl and that and he's got these quite sort of delicate features and he's quite like um mm. lightly built he's slender so he he's got yeah exactly he's got that look that can you know you just give him the right clothes and the right hair and he can he can do this but also as an actor he's got really good range like his emotions he can pull you right in like he can he's got the intensity um, you guys saw him Right. And in like in Poem a Day, he didn't get to show as much of it. But for example, watch him in something like Solomon's Perjury and he's amazing. Wasn't he in school 2017 too? As the estranged best friend? Yes. Yeah. So he does. He can pull off the humor. He can pull off a lot of stuff. Um, I'm not worried about him. Kim Sohyun, I feel like she was really good when she was still doing teenager roles. And then she was pushed into these adult roles like a little too quickly. So I'm hoping yeah. that this... I mean, this sounds like it might be a little bit more age-appropriate for, for her. So maybe, and mm. if she's playing his adopted mm. daughter, then maybe it's not a romance. <laughs> well, I feel like maybe it will go there. It will end up there. <laughs> I, yeah, no, that's very doubtful. But thing but, is, like, Kim Soo-yeun is yeah, fine when she's will. doing stuff okay, like um, dramatic stuff, like heavy kind of non-romance non-light things but i don't find her very good um comedically and i don't find her very good romantically so i don't i feel like maybe the pairing like her co-star will make a difference here because he's young yeah he's Um, more appropriate for her than like yeah um, exactly like maybe they'll play off each other more naturally yeah yeah exactly so hopefully yeah but like also um like in in Ruler um where she was co-starring with Yusunga again I felt like that was a bit too much of an age like a maturity gap it's not so much the age gap there but the yeah. maturity gap she hasn't quite yeah. she is like she's what 19 or something now um but she can still easily play like a 15 year old yeah. and not like and be totally convincing but um, yeah, I'm not so sure about her in adult roles. But the fact that this isn't an adult role um, is reassuring, or at least more age matched. Yeah, I think it also depends on the tone. Like, if it has the tone of like a youth manhwa turned drama, that could work. But if they try to make it really like like a darker saga, I don't know if that how how that would how that Wait, would work. Wait, why is Jung Dong Yun 27? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Oh, oh, you didn't know that? I was wondering. Yeah. I I was wondering, oh, more age appropriate? And I'm like, wait, he's old too. (laughs) I think of him in high school. High schoolers for like the last three things. All I've seen him in. No, he was old in there too. That's interesting. Okay. Why is he 27? This is too old. All right. Well, I I guess uh, our whole argument just went out the window. (laughs) I mean, he's still younger than Jujun, but not by much. True. Yeah, but he has a baby face. Like he, he, he has, has a younger, younger yeah. vibe than Dujun. Yeah. Again, he could play fifteen and and totally yeah. like it works. Yeah. So the last drama mm. on our list is well. called yeah. Miss Lee. It's September, but unspecified date on TVN Wednesday Thursday. This is the one that Saya is definitely not going to watch because it stars Hedy, um <laughs> and also Kim Hangang. Um I also don't really like Hedy, so I'm not singling you out, Saya. You can though. I really, really, really dislike. She was the young star of Reply 1988. Yeah, but I I haven't seen that, so I. I watched one episode, but I never went back to it. So, but she is notoriously not very good at acting. 
She has the peculiar quality of the moment she appears on screen, everything is awful, and the moment she's gone, the in- the, the the everything is instantly ten thousand times better just because she's not there. That's hard. And uh, but it's you don't understand. Like I watched Entertainer all of it without fast forwarding because I didn't know how to fast forward then. I also watched Two Cops, oh. and you're like. There were parts of the show I was enjoying and I'd suddenly realize it's because she wasn't there. And then she'd turn up and it would all grind to a halt. And you're like, how How do you have this? Yeah, it's like how, weird how? Like, charisma battle <laughs> thing that she's got going on. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like anti-charisma. It's, it's weird. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Can I go back to the drama bef- before for one second? Because I'm really excited by what I, I just found out, which is that um, t- uh, Tale of Noctu is written by the same writer uh, as the drama special if we were a season. Um, also, Moonlight Drawn by Clouds. Um, but, like, I love this writer. <laughs> so that's another he knows reason. How to do, um, light-hearted. He knows how to do lighthearted, but, like, hearty mm. as well, you know? Is this a he or a she? Imagine. Imagine sounds oh, like I a woman. No so, so she mm-hmm. can pull off, like, a romantic youth saga. Yeah, okay, we can move on. Sorry. All right, no worries. Back to Miss Lee. I know that you're much less excited about this, but it's basically about her. So Hayes' character basically works at a in an electronics store as a clerk, um, but she always just gets called Miss Lee. Like, nobody calls her by her name. She doesn't have much of a presence there, but then suddenly she becomes the CEO of of this electronics store, which is about to become bankrupt. And so they basically, her and Kim Sang-kyung have to revive the company and bring it back to its previous glory. Yeah. Me too. It doesn't sound that interesting. (laughs) Who comes up with these plots? (laughs) When you have 10 drama slots that you need to fill in a month, I'm sure that not all of them can be amazing. Or maybe it's better than it is, and they need a better blurb writer because this is not. To be fair, like, it wasn't appealing written synopsis. by the people who are creating the drama. It's Asian Wiki, so true. So who knows? <laughs> well, I will not be chucking it out. So <laughs> no. <laughs> if, it, if it's a can't be missed drama, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll hear about it. No, I'm I sure. guess. <laughs> but yeah, that I think that covers. That yeah, that's everything. the end of the extremely long list of premieres in September. That went by faster than I thought. But also... Yay, maybe because I was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're like a pro. Do you want to just, like, take over? <laughs> no. No, I meant it as a bad way. No, I appreciate it. to come in. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah, exactly. Just and you came like in with this perfect timing. Exactly. Very concise <laughs> opinions. Like, she knows what she wants to watch. She knows what she doesn't want to watch. It's great. Four guys watch it. One guy, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's very mathematical. That's precise. your take-home message. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when you're a scientist. <laughs> right. It all comes down to numbers. Then you have like us humanities chemistry. people who are like, I'm really feeling this. I'm definitely going to watch it. And like next month, didn't watch any of the things that I said I was going to watch. Because, because my time management sucks. And also, I realized I'm old and I need to sleep. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is true. <laughs> okay. So uh, one one thing I have to do, I do have to say is that I'm usually not a big fan, a fan of Sagex. And... It turns out the ones I'm more interested in are Salix. So 
I mean, hooray for me for for diversity, I guess, and that's all. I have, to say. <laughs> have you been watching Rookie Historian? Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's like one of those things where, like, you know, I'm not too excited to watch the next the next episode, but when I do turn it on, it just you know it flows easily, and I don't find myself forwarding too much. <sighs> And when I say forwarding too much, it's, it's inevitable. I forward everything. So, Oh, wow. Um, you do. Huh? Where have you been all my life? <laughs> you need to teach, teach Saya your, your skills. <laughs> the skills. I'm self-taught now. <laughs> no, you're right. I also don't tend to be as excited for the sagas, but I'm really loving Rookie Historian. And I think I like enjoy the sagas that are not as focused on the king's court politics and which people yeah. in his you know, which party is trying to, you know, usurp his. Yeah, exactly. I just am not interested in all that stuff. So when it's more about like, you know, the social structures of Joseon and like the class inequality and the, um, how women are treated, how, you know, like that kind of stuff, or, you know, like live up to your name where it was a lot about, you know, medicine back in those times and that kind of stuff. I find that a lot more interesting. So I actually really love traditional sagak. That's kind of like my bread and water that I grew Mm -hmm. up on. Um, Although for me, it wasn't, obviously it wasn't Korean sagak. It was like uh, Hindi epics. Ah. Um, So we have this channel here, um, Channel 4, which back in the day used to air, on Sunday mornings, it used to air like um, Hindi dramas, Hindi serials. Um, So that was like my first exposure to, there was this particular one, um, I don't know if anybody who listens to us has ever heard of this, but it's called uh, The Sword of Tipu Sultan. Um, And it was this like 90s um, epic historical. And it was just, it was so, like, I loved it. It was where I learned like it, it's where I learned stuff like um, uh, colonial history in India because it had you know the whole um, occupation and things like that. Um, so that kind of thing has always really like excited and fascinated me. And when I discovered K dramas, discovering Sagak was like rediscovering that whole childhood like fascination with like history and politics and court and um, all of that. And so I love it. And I know Borma loves yeah. this too, because like we, we yeah, both like the politics. Um, so traditional sagas are like, you know, they are good for me. But I also, I really appreciate that the lighthearted sagak is a completely different type of story. It's like, it gives you that setting and context, but it tells you like the more sort of grounded stories um, of like individuals, not like these mm. sprawling epics. So they're two different kinds of stories. So I can see like why one type, like that epic historical might not be for everyone. But it's nice t- to be able to access the Sagak world through these like more lighthearted ones. All right. I think we're going to have to wrap up because Boroma has told us to keep it under 90 minutes. And we have like one minute left before we get to that point. <laughs> and we should be good and listen to our editor because she's an angel. And... Yes, poor thing. A very sick angel, that's why she couldn't join us today, which we didn't even yes. say in the beginning, oh my god. <laughs> We're such terrible ghosts. Yes, she wasn't able to join us. Oh. Yeah. So she couldn't join but us today because feel better, she's Oroma. ill. And yeah. thank you so much, um, Jess, for joining us and helping us to decode and decipher next month's premieres as well as the news. I had fun. Thank you. <laughs> 
And can I say that you're a complete natural and I'm oh, amazed well, and impressed. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, I don't think I'll be listening to my own recording because I hate to hear myself on recording, but... You must. You'll sound smarter than you think. We always no, you have do. a great radio voice. <laughs> yeah, you have like a very calm, That's calm presence. magic. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank oh. you. <laughs> okay, so thanks for listening, everyone. Yes. Um, and we will leave you here. Bye. 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 Bye.